Hello, my name is Chris Ryan. My name's Andy Greenwald. And we are the co-hosts of The Watch, a pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. We are on Mondays and Thursdays. We mostly talk about TV, movies, music, pop culture. Jeremy Renner, house flipping, the papacy, Reese Weatherspoon dancing at wedding videos. We used to talk about Kanye West. He's, he's in the like timeout corner right now, though. Never, ever talk about Christine Baranski. You can listen to The Watch on Mondays and Thursdays on SoundCloud, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe now. And thanks for listening. It's a good hang. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. My name is Robert Mays. I'm a writer at The Ringer. Joining me on the other line, Danny Kelly. Danny, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, we're almost to free agency now, and it's kind of fun to talk about. <laughs> almost. <laughs> still like three weeks away. Couple weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm today, still kind of basking in the uh, the postseason no news thing for for a few oh, weeks. Trust me, I, I've been loving it. Uh, <laughs> and I think that what we're doing today and, and what we had today on the Ringers are kind of a product of that. We did quarterback yeah. day, and we did quarterback day in the sense of the guys that may be available this off season, the quarterback carousel day, if you will. You know, the kind of the movements that may happen, the dudes that can be had for the right price. And I wrote, wrote about this even near the end of last season. It's a unique situation. Mm-hmm. There aren't this many off seasons where you have this many guys that could be on the move, this many names that could be on the move. And I think it's a combination of stuff. I kind of wrote it in my piece today. Like, in order for the Cowboys to be moving on from Tony Romo right now, a ton of crazy shit had to happen. Yeah, totally. I, 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 he, he had to get hurt three times. They had to have such bad backup quarterbacks last year that they said, we can't do that again. They had to go get Dak Prescott. He had Romo had to get hurt again for Prescott to even play. And then Prescott had to be this good for you to move yeah. on from a guy as good as Tony Romo. And that's just not a set of circumstances we often see. And I think that's happened in a lot of different places. You know, like Tyrod Taylor, you wrote today, guys like Tyrod Taylor aren't just available in free agency most seasons. No. It just yeah. doesn't happen. So we'll get to all that stuff. But I think that the most important part is to why we're doing this is to establish that this is a unique just set of parameters that we don't often see. Yeah. I mean, I think what you wrote today was you like, there's many ways to get a quarterback this off season outside of the draft, which is really, really rare. I mean, you can get, there's several starter quality, starter caliber quarterbacks out there, you know, just randomly hitting the market, whether it's because of cap, you know, cap casualties like Jay Cutler, I guess they're trying to trade him, but he'll probably get cut. And then, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd like a pony and a million dollars, but that's not happening. <laughs> that was the most maniacal laugh I've ever heard in my life. I loved that. Um, but yeah, no. So, so and like Tyrod Taylor, you know, obviously Tony Romo. There's just kind of a list of guys that could end up starting next year and being upgrades for their new team potentially. So. I mean, yeah, it's just a really interesting off season for that, and, and it's you know it was it was fun. So let's just, I guess, let's just go through the list and, and kind let's of break dive them all in. Down. Yeah, yeah, people should go check it out. You ranked these guys on the Ringer today, just kind of mm-hmm. a list of the guys that are available, who you'd want first and foremost. And I think you started in the way, sorry, I think you started in the spot that most of these conversations are going to start, and that's with Romo. Uh, I mean, he's a name. Yeah. He's been a star. You know, last time we saw him healthy. He probably could have been the MVP of the league in 2014. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a while since then, but we've seen what he can do and what he can do is really damn impressive. So the situation with Romo becomes interesting because like you said, he's not going to be on the Cowboys next year. You can't pay a back quarterback 14 million. They're going to get some relief right. somehow. And whether that's with the trade or whether he's released, that becomes a different story. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, I put I I did this basically on value. And sure. so like you have to take into account how much it's going to cost, you know, to, to acquire a guy. Do you have to, t- you know, take give up a draft pick for him? How much does it cost? How many years are you getting? How old are they? Um, things like that. So there, there's a lot of variables. But like for me, Tony Romo is head and shoulders above the rest, like in any by any measure, like whether you have to give up, you know, a pretty high pick for him. I think it's irrelevant because you just don't find guys like this on the open market very often. I mean, he was he's like an all pro caliber passer when he's healthy. And we haven't seen someone hit the free agent market like that since really Peyton, since Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning. So, I mean, how funny would it be if the freaking Broncos get him too? I know. And, and I keep coming back to it. And I think that if you're a team like Denver, why wouldn't you give up a third round pick for him? Seriously. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Because it, I think in a couple of ways, it helps you. You ensure that he doesn't go to the table with anybody else. You know, there's no, like, you, he gets into a meeting and somebody really wows him and everything. I mean, I don't know if that would happen, but you take away all uncertainty when it comes to that. Right. And two, you have him for 14 million this year. That's, that's the 22nd deal. biggest cap hit because <laughs> his cap hit is 24.7 with Dallas, but that's because his signing bonus. And then you have that restructure bonus. That's about 5.7. So they have to pay 10 million of it. So when you take away all that stuff, his cap hit in your, in your world is $14 million, which right. that's Tom Brady's, which is all it's just a whole another bit of bullshit. But <laughs> That is really, really low for a very good quarterback. So I think that yeah. if you can, and obviously next year and the year after it goes up, you may talk to him about restructuring. So he doesn't even play at that 14 million, but either way, I think it's palatable to give up a pickle like that to get him on the deal you'd be getting him for. Yeah. And I mean, especially with the defense that they have, you know, like yes. it's still one of the top defenses, if not the top defense in the NFL. And, you know, in that window where you have an elite defense, Having a quarterback like Romo, I mean, literally, they could be Super Bowl favorites again next year if they get Romo, in my mind. I'm worried about the other parts of the offense. I just think that their offensive line is so bad that I worry about Romo playing behind it. <laughs> right, yeah. And definitely. there's a chance that Romo can mitigate some of that, but I still think that there are other issues on their offense that make me, they give me a little bit more pause than that. I do think it makes them instantly a playoff team again, though. Okay, maybe favorites is the wrong word. I think contenders for, for that again. I mean, they missed the playoffs this year. But, I mean, they're yeah, they're just that defense is just so good that I think if they get him, it's I that was the the section for Romo was like the missing piece. Like he's a missing piece for a couple teams. I think that that take them from being like a middling playoff contender to like a potential Super Bowl team in my mind. Yeah, and I think that there are a lot of reasons that he makes the most sense there. And it's just that look at the cap room they have. You know, mm-hmm. they're paying their two quarterbacks right now two point eight million dollars combined. And that they have 32 million in space. Wow. They can pay him. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, like that's what happens when you have a rookie and a guy you draft in the seventh round, two guys on rookie deals. And yeah. then you look at, I mean, Houston's paying Osweiler $18 million. Like it's, it's hard to bring in a guy, no matter what Romo is going to cost for that. And there's a chance that if you trade for him or if he gets cut and you sign him, you can give him a deal that is a little bit creative, not much money in the first year. You pay him more in the second year. It's more mm-hmm. cash, for, cash heavy than cap heavy. And you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. So, if he wants to kind of play with that stuff so it opens up more options for him, that's possible. It's not just a, oh, you have 15 million in space, Rome makes 14 million. That's not doable. Right. Are, are there any long shot teams that you see Romo ending up with? Like, I, I've heard people talking about Chicago a little bit, it feels like this morning. And, and it doesn't you know. make sense to me. I just don't understand what you're doing if, you, if that's your plan. Like, why? And do you think like, that you're going to win a Super Bowl in the next two years? 
Right, I just right. it doesn't make sense to me. I, I think that you get a guy in, you give him some experience. I even I mean, I would rather have Tyra Taylor. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff I'm thinking of. I'm more about if we're looking at the timetable of it all, I would rather go with a younger guy than bring in 37 year old Tony Romo. I just don't totally. understand what the end game is there. Yeah, and that's and that's like what goes into the whole value question. Like, what are you what are you getting from this guy? Like, if if Romo goes to a team that I mean, the Bears have talent, but they're a few years away, right? So what does that buy you, you know? And so I, I agree with you. I think that and I had I had Tyrod Taylor as my second-ranked guy on here just based on he's still young. You know, he, he's got some upside. He I think he's still a guy that can improve as a passer. He, he brings a lot to the running game. Like, there's a lot of things to like about it, this guy, and I, I just don't really understand why the Bills don't want him. Well, it came out yesterday that they may be leaning more toward keeping him than they were. Yeah a little bit ago and if that that's the new regime liking him or them kind of coming to that same conclusion it's like why wouldn't we want this guy right like i you look at the teams as kind of trudging through the quarterback wilderness why wouldn't you want tyrod taylor you've seen what he is he's not going to cost you that much if you restructure his deal which it sounds like they're Mm -hmm. going to if they keep him if you can get him at a reasonable price you know something in that middle quarterback money range i would do it in a heartbeat yeah See, so like there's the the you know the famous term like quarterback purgatory where you know you have a quarterback who's good enough to like keep you going but gonna hold you back long term. I don't really view Taylor as that. I think I mean maybe he's not like a top ten passer or whatever, but I definitely don't think he was like the problem for the Bills this year. I mean, like they had a top ten offense and you know, obviously the run game was amazing and you know, they're efficient. I think he has a, you know, good deep ball. I just don't see him as that QB purgatory type of player. Like there's no downside to keeping him, you know, they can still draft guys and, and develop down the line and they're not giving him like a hundred million dollars probably in, in the restructure. So I don't know. I just, the whole, the whole Tyra Taylor and Buffalo thing is a little bit perplexing to me. Yeah. I just think that he makes sense. I mean, he just makes sense in a lot of ways. And I don't, he's a flawed quarterback, but having a flawed quarterback is better than having no quarterback at all. Right. You know, like, do they have gonna, a backup? No, I mean, I don't know yeah. what their other plan would be. Well, that who would it be? It'd be Cardell Jones. Right. I mean, like that's right, right now that that's what they're looking at. So yeah, I just think that, you know, there are problems with Tyrod Taylor, but not enough problems for me to be scared off. by him, especially when you consider the price he will likely be available for if Buffalo does decide to release him. Yeah, so let's play the game like he gets released. You know, obviously you talked about the Bears being an option. Where else do you think he would fit? Like, I kind of thought it'd be interesting if he ended up in San Francisco, actually, in, in the Shanahan offense where, you know, he can do some oh, things in the bootleg game and everything. That's really interesting. I don't know how, he played out of the shotgun so much in Buffalo, though. I'm not sure how comfortable he'd be doing that. I can't, I'm not, he yeah. may be comfortable doing it, but I've just never seen him do it. So that's just one of those things where I'm trying to piece it together in my head and I've never seen him make that movement before. So it's hard for me to imagine. <laughs> yeah, it might take a year or two to kind of like, you know, acclimate to that or whatever. Um, I like that. I mean, I think that I, he's an avail- he's a guy that I think is an option for a lot of different teams because it's not like Romo where you're if you're paying the guy $14 million, you need to win now. Like he's not 37 right. years old. I mean, he's a guy that you can kind of build around if you need to. So it brings those rebuilding teams into play where it doesn't with a guy like Romo. Yeah, also, absolutely. is not that young though. I mean, he's 27, be, I think. He'll be 28 at the start of next season. Okay. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's in that middle range, right? Like he, you know, you start to worry about a guy when he's in his mid thirties or, or earlier. I don't know. Like what, 
what is the time when you start worrying about other than elite quarterbacks when you start worrying about like their arm and everything like that? I also worry about his just ability to move around. It's such a huge part of his value. Right. That it's not as like, oh, well, he, he'll play at 35 like every other quarterback. As soon as he gets athletically limited, I'm not saying he's just a runner, but it's a, it is a huge part of what makes him valuable. So yeah. if that goes away, then you're looking at just not the same product. Right. And I mean, that's kind of what happened with Russell Wilson a little bit this year when he was injured. It's like, it's just the dynamic part of his game is being able to move and escape and scramble and, and get outside the pocket. And so um, when that's diminished, it's a different conversation. But, um, but yeah, so one of the guys I actually think is super interesting and I'm, you know, I don't know if you want to move on from Taylor yet, but I was going to talk yeah, about Kirk Cousins be- Let's just do it. because yeah. I mean, the Cousins thing is interesting to me. I kind of, I am assuming the Redskins are going to tag him and he'll play in Washington regardless because, I mean, most smart teams are not going to let a starter level player leave for, you know, without having some sort of backup plan. And, well, first of all, I want to know, what what do you think of Cousins? Like, where, what's his ceiling for you? He's been such a hard guy for me to pick down for a while now. I did something yeah. on him last year, I think after the Green Bay game, when he re- it seemed like his value was at its height. You know, that we had never been better than that, even in that offense. And even when you're watching, it's like, God, these guys are open, man. Like it's <laughs> it's one of those things where the, his receivers are so good, and I think that offense is really well designed. I just think that it's hard to gauge him outside of those circumstances. Yeah, and we shouldn't gauge him outside of those circumstances because. That's what happens. Like you are a, you are what you are in the system that you're in. So if yeah. he's doing, if he's running that well, we shouldn't ding him for that. But it also just got the open spaces he's able to throw the ball into. I, it's difficult for me. I think he's been good in that offense, like very good. But I also think a lot of guys could be, and that's kind of what I wrote mm-hmm. about in the fall. It's just because a lot of guys could be. Does that mean you shouldn't pay for him to be? Because who knows if you're <laughs> going to find one of those lot of guys? There, there's right. no guarantee that you are. So that's the thing for me is the bird in the hand. And I, I feel like that's what they're doing. They're just trying to drag their feet as long as they possibly can. Oh, for sure. And that's kind of what I wrote about today is like, you know, they're paying a premium on him because he's not a, you know, elite level quarterback in my mind where you're, you're going to give up 24 million against the cap to keep him around, but they're paying that premium, whatever it is, like three or four or 5 million extra against the cap this year, basically just paying for time and flexibility. So like, that's what that, that's where that money's going. It's time and flexibility and they can, you know, have 60 more games to evaluate whether they think he's going to be, you know, a franchise cornerstone type of guy. And then in the meantime, if he, if he turns out not to be, and honestly, like if, if Garcon and and Deshaun Jackson are gone next year and say Jordan Reed is, you know, kind of injury prone again, like he could end up having a pretty, like he could, you know, go, you know, go downhill pretty badly next year in theory and and it maybe not even because he's getting worse it's just because the guys around him are you know not as talented or whatever and so i don't know they're, they're i think that's just that's what they're doing that that's the value he provides them is flexibility right now because they don't have to give him that hundred million dollar contract extension yet yeah i mean that's the nature of the franchise tag if you're going to pay a quarterback 20 million why not pay him 24 million you right. know that's just kind of the thing it's, it doesn't matter at that point that's you you know going in that you're going to have to pay it just out the nose for it like that's what you're gonna have right. to do so it, that's tough you know i it, it's difficult for me to evaluate him and i think that it, even like comparing him to other guys like would you rather have him or tyrod taylor in a vacuum independent of yeah. like just you you're starting a franchise 
honestly, I think I would go with Taylor um, just because he's a little more dynamic and, and I just, I don't know. I just, it's the same kind of deal for me. Like I can't, it's hard for me to evaluate him because for the most, for most of his career, I've thought he's not like a, a like a top level quarterback, but then there's moments where he looks like one and it kind of makes you like think, well, maybe I was wrong about him or whatever, but then he throws like a pick six or something. You're like, okay, never mind, I was right. But I mean, overall, like his stats are are pretty good the last two years, and it's kind of hard to argue against that. But I still think I would rather have Taylor. Um, I don't, I can't put a finger on exactly why. I just think the dynamic ability that that he adds to the run game. Um, you know, he's a he's good at taking care of the football. Like those are the, those are the things that I find more attractive about Taylor than I think I would with Cousins. Yeah, I, I don't blame you at all. I, I think that I probably lean that way as well. Also, Cousins is going to be 29. He's not, a, he's not a spring chicken. No, these guys are not that young. I mean, like, <laughs> he's, like, exactly a year younger than me. It's like, I, I don't think that I'm, like, some promising thing. I, you know, it's, I'm pretty sure we, you know, we're getting to where we're going. It's, I don't have that much left in the tank. I'm not sure Kirk Cousins does either. It's, so it's like it's like in wedding crashers where they're sitting on the front. He's like a couple of young kids running around. He's like, we're, we're not that young. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't so know. True. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, you're not, you're paying for a guy who is probably is, he is what he is. And he, you've never, you're not going to see him in any of these situations. He's not going to be in as good of a situation as he was in Washington. Like right. say he does hit the market, say he comes to Chicago or say he goes to San Francisco. Like people have been saying that, you know, Shanahan wants him. That's you're starting over in San Francisco. There's literally nothing to work with in San Francisco. Right. You have Torrey Smith and I don't know who else. Quentin Patton. You know, <laughs> I, I I just like yeah. DeAndre. What's that guy's name? Smelter. I can't. I can yep. never remember yep. his name. I don't think Is he's that really his name. Uh, I know it's Smelter. I think it's DeAndre Smelter. Smelter. Yeah, DeAndre Smelter. Good for me. So yeah, like that's what you're dealing with. It's you're not dealing with Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon, Jordan Reed, and and then even a guy like Jamison Crowder, I mean, he has four receivers that are probably going to be better than the best receiver on some of these teams he can go to. Like, I think right. about the Bears. I don't, if, if Alshon Jeffrey leaves, what's happening? I mean, with Cameron Meredith and I guess <laughs> Kevin White. Like, it's, uh, we're so close to the time where it was Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall that it was, it's so recent in my mind. And it's just gone so far the other way. So it's uh, not as if you have a guy that's like, oh, he's going to be fine. We can build around him no matter what. Like, you've seen him succeed in the best possible scenario. And now totally. he's probably going to go to a scenario that if, if it's not the worst possible one, it's definitely a downgrade from where he is now. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that's how Washington's looking at this. Like, you know, it's not, they would have locked him up. I think by now, if they were sold on him as, as a franchise player. And so I think, I mean, it's clear that they're just not really sure what, what to think of him yet. Yeah, you know, the whole, the funny, I keep thinking of like the how do you like me now thing that he did to, to Scott McLuhan during the season. You remember that? Yes, and, I loved uh, it so much. <laughs> I just keep thinking like, he's like, eh, probably about the same. <laughs> like, that's like how I was thinking. Like, I mean, it, it's not, it hasn't really changed, honestly. So, um, I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with him, but I, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that he'll be with the with the Redskins this year, and then from there, who knows? But I think he's valuable just because he gives Washington a lot of flexibility, flexibility and stability. I think mean, those right. are the two things. I mean, it's like he allows them to move on, and after this season, if it doesn't work out, 
but he also, you keep continuity. You have a guy that has been in that offense. He knows it. He's succeeded in it. So that's what you're paying for. And I don't blame them for doing it. I just think that it's a tough spot. I mean, it's a tough spot for him mm-hmm. too. I know it's nice to make 24 million, but if he you know, gets hurt, it doesn't matter. Like, that's, right. that's your 24 million and that's all. So it's a tough thing. I mean, two years in a row in the franchise tag, you get paid a lot of money, but you also, there's not much security beyond that at all. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, though, there's not a ton of stability in many contracts. So I, that's, I, I mean, that's, that's true. That's very true. I mean, that's a good point. It's like you're getting way one or two years less guarantee than you would have otherwise. But it's still just knowing that this is it. it, it that's I can, can't imagine that's easy, although it's probably totally. easier when you're making a 24 million, like you said. <laughs> but all right. So let's move on. Just <clears throat> kind of the guy that is a little bit younger is the guy that he could be there for a while that you could really build from scratch with. And that's Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And it's. So, you know, we're talking about value here and what teams are willing to give up. And it sounds like the Patriots want what the Bradford package was. or like this, That's the starting point. We want a first and maybe right. something else to kind of sweeten it a little bit. And that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a, a lot, lot to give up. And I think that when you're looking at what, what Minnesota did, Minnesota made a move. It was a desperation move. I mean, right. when you're making that deal in August, it's much different than making it in March. And that's the thing. That's why you have to give up a first and a fourth for Bradford in that moment, because you're, you're acting, you're operating from a point of total disadvantage. If you're the Vikings in that scenario, I mean, it was like a week before the season. Yes. And (laughs) right now, if you're Chicago or if you're San Francisco, you don't have to do that. You can go draft a quarterback. You can wait. If you're Cleveland, it's like, Oh, well, who cares? We'll be bad again this year. You don't have to make a move just to make a move. And I think that's why saying, well, Bradford got a first and a fourth just doesn't make sense because it's not the same situation. Yeah. The Garoppolo thing is really sort of, it's confusing. Well, it's just like, there's so many variables right now that kind of like make it like, obviously he's look, he he has all the look of like a franchise quarterback. He's got so handsome. (laughs) Well, obviously there's that too. And so, um, I think it's like you have to weigh the 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 variables really carefully because one, you know, that's a lot to give up for a guy. Plus he's in he's going into the last, you know, year of his contract. So you don't have like two or three years to kind of figure out what he's gonna give you. Like you have to kind of start you either have to trade for him and then re you know, give him a new contract or or start thinking about it pretty quickly in the season. Um obviously I guess you could franchise tag him, kind of do the, the Kirk Cousins thing too, and that's fine. Um but you know, he, he's just one, he, he, you don't have a lot of uh, club control over him. So that's a major factor. Uh, the other thing is, um, he is just so unproven. Obviously you look at what he's done in the, the small sample size and that's great, but can he do that over a whole season? You don't really know. Now, on the other hand, I actually kind of maybe like the option of Garoppolo more than like signing a guy to a contract when he's unproven just in free agency, because if you walk away from this, it's, it doesn't totally fuck up your cap. Like, like what Osweiler's doing in Houston, you know, like he limits their ability to basically do a lot of stuff because, you know, his contract is guaranteed through all the way through this year. And then, you know, they're still going to be taking a cap hit if they release him after next year. So, I mean, I don't know. if they walk away from, if you walk away from Garoppolo and he's a total flop, like you can basically just look at it like, well, that was a flop on our first round pick and, and move on. Now, obviously, that's not ideal, but it doesn't fuck up your cap. So, 
There's kind I of just imagine, a lot of though, that any team that, that trades for him will sign him to an extension. Like immediately? Uh, that would, I would not be surprised if that happened, yes. No, because I wouldn't be surprised either, yeah. It, you're not going to give up a first-round pick for a guy that's a one-year rental. If you give up a first-round pick, you think he's going to be around for a while. Like that's what that's what you're doing. I can't imagine a team would just trade for him and say, "Well, if this doesn't work out, then we'll move on." I would imagine <laughs> that a team will sign him when they when they trade for him. That's just that's you, yeah. how I see it. It's probably true. It's probably true. But like, because you're not going to risk. Because if you don't, if he's great, and then he you can just walk away. <laughs> that's the thing. You're not going to risk that. So if right. you think he's the guy, you're going to sign him. So I think he is going to get that Osweiler contract. I, I really do. If, if he gets traded, I think he's going to get it. And that's, but that's where we're at. Like, why would explain to me why he wouldn't get that much? Just like if a team is signing him right now, if a team is going to extend him as soon as they trade for him, why would he get a cent less than Osweiler got last year? If he had a bad agent, maybe, but yeah, no, he, I mean, they, there's no way that's exactly where the conversation starts. And so, I mean, he probably would. And, oh God, if he does, I mean, that just makes it so, so risky. I mean, I know that you have to kind of shoot your shot when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL and, you know, teams are made made or broke by, you know, basically what happens with the quarterback situation, especially young and, and new, you know, regimes or whatever. Like what happens at quarterback is the most important thing. You have to shoot your shot. But God, that's putting a lot of eggs in one basket for a guy who, what is it, like 94 total snaps or something like that? Yeah, in the NFL six, 60, so 63 pass attempts last year. <laughs> if, if you If you told me right now, the Bears will trade their second round pick this year, the 36 pick, their second round pick next year, and they will give Garoppolo the Osweiler contract. Would you do it? Yes. Okay. Uh, I would, what about I would a do first I would, round. That's the third overall. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing fair, that. Fair. That's, that's, <laughs> and here's what I wrote today the second round pick is Miles, that 36 pick in last year's draft was Miles Jack. The third pick was Joey Bosa. That's like, yeah, those are the yeah. players you're giving up with a third overall pick. You don't do right. that. You, you, even if you're finding a quarterback, you don't do that because it's another, the other thing is that it's not just saying, Oh, well, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo would just be our first round pick. That's how we'd have to look at it. You're paying Jimmy Garoppolo $18 million next year. If you give him the <laughs> Osweiler deal, you're yeah. paying your first round pick. That's third overall. What two. Right. I mean, it's, and you get five years of a rookie deal. It's not the same. It's not a one for one trade off. So you have to take that into account. That's also why I think it's easier to do it as a second round pick because you don't have that fifth year. I mean, it's, it's little things that you have to do to convince yourself to do big moves like this. But those are the tiny like bits of convincing that I've done over time. <laughs> it's like, you know, what? yeah, I'd be willing to do that because you need to find a guy. And I do legitimately think he's good. I, right. I think he is going to be a good starting quarterback. And I think that if you also believe that you have to give up that much for him. Yeah. And I mean, I think when you're talking about the one-to-one thing, like I don't think this is a one-to-one comparison with Osweiler because Garoppolo's looked significantly better than Osweiler ever did for, yes. for the for the uh, for the Broncos and so I mean it's definitely not the same thing I mean it's kind of I think the Osweiler thing is the most recent kind of just swing and a miss when it comes to uh, you know like a team just taking a big risk on a guy but I mean Garoppolo's looked significantly better than than Osweiler ever did and so it's it was really un, not surprising that Osweiler struggled. I mean it was like he basically looked the same in in Denver. So it's it's a different it's not the same thing obviously. So I mean I agree with you. I think if you get the the 2 seconds is definitely a lot more palatable um than you know a first and something else. So 
I mean, hey, it, I think it, it'll probably. Do you think? What do you think the odds are that it will happen? Like with any team, I think it's good because I feel like the Patriots are just—it's bullshit what they're saying right now, what right. they're trying to put out there. You're not going to let that guy walk away for nothing if you can get a second round pick for him or two. <laughs> like this yeah. idea, like oh, we'll hold on to him. No, you won't because you have <laughs> to pay him next year. You're going to pay him, but. He, I, do you have that a bit, much of a hold on players in New England that you could say, oh, come back for backup money, Jimmy, even though you'll get the Osweiler idea if you walk away? Like, that isn't Julian Edelman taking a couple million dollars less to come back to New England. Right. That is a right. different, like, stratosphere of contract. So I just can't imagine that they're going to hold on to him this year and just let him walk away for nothing next year when you can get a lot for him in a trade right now. That just doesn't make yeah. sense to me. No, they're just playing hardball right now. I mean, that's like, this is like, you know the this is how it works like you you say oh no we really want him we can't we can't stand to leave with him unless we get something huge and then you know see what happens but i think he'll get traded to, i think he'll get traded too i can't wait to find out where it goes man because that's i think that's gonna be one of the most interesting offseason sort of storylines is like is this guy the next you know sort of franchise quarterback and is he gonna take someone taking his new team like over the top man the, the bears get to okay, get garoppolo the defense gets healthy. They they draft a corner. You know, like, they sign like it. a mid tier wide receiver. Like let's <laughs> let's let's go, man. I, I don't like that. This team this team could win like eight games. Like let's do this. <laughs> oh, I love it. My standards have gotten very very low. <laughs> I know. I was expecting you to say something about like the playoffs. You're like this team could win eight games. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's. Let's get to somebody that I can't imagine. I can't. It's shocking to me the fact that his name is brought up in this way. And you wrote about him in the same way a lot of other people have. Like, do we really think AJ McCarron is like somebody people should want? And maybe I just totally misconstrued my couple games of AJ McCarron last season or two seasons ago. Personally, I'm not high on him as like, I, I wouldn't want, I'll put it this way I wouldn't want my team if they were out a quarterback to give up a lot of money to get him or a lot of picks to get him. But I think in terms of, I mean, again, it's a value question. Like if you can get him for a couple of mid round picks or, or just a player swap, someone like kind of end towards the end of their uh, contract or something like that, where it's not like you're giving up a first round or second round pick, then maybe I'd pull the trigger and kind of see what happens. But I mean, I'm not like selling the farm for him. I think he's probably a guy who has an upside as a solid mid level starter. And, and that's what you're hoping for. Which see, is, that's the, Here's my problem with that, though. This is that quarterback purgatory thing. I mean, you said that teams like, <laughs> right, but they like right. his value more than Garoppolo. You can get him for cheaper. Like, you shouldn't buy a $60 couch. You know, like, there are some things that you should actually <laughs> spend a little bit on. Like, it, it's, I understand, <laughs> like, finding value and trying to spend less money on things, but there are some things that you should just pay for. Like, the, and is a quarterback is one of those things. Should... <laughs> is that an ancient proverb? <laughs> you shouldn't buy a $60 couch. It's like oh, that the 30, the 30 Rock thing where Jack has no idea how much things cost. It's like, say, <laughs> say, say your grocery concierge goes to the grocery store and buys a bag of potatoes for, I don't know, $500. <laughs> See, oh, I, God. I, I, you shouldn't buy a $60 couch. That's, just, it, that's wisdom to live by. And I think that you oh, shouldn't say, we can only give up a seventh round pick for this quarterback, so let's get him instead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not like on the McCarran train necessarily. It was actually, it's just, I think it was interesting because um, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL network wrote about how 
you know, you talk to a couple executives and I think McCarran's name came up a couple of times just based on the value. He's going to be less than Garoppolo and maybe it's a comparable somewhere in the same region of, of like what you're getting. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I guess there might be their sort of prevailing thought around the league that that's what's happening. So I, 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 I mean, there's going to be some don't... GM man. There's going to be some GM <laughs> that's just sitting there rubbing his hands together, being like, "Hi, I fleeced him. Good. I got six <laughs> round pick for AJ McCarron. We did it." And his team is going to win seven games. The Bears are going to be one game better next year. I just think Mike Brown. That's the that's the owner of the Bengals, Mike Brown, right? He yeah. I think he's probably going to be like a bastard about it, and, and would only want like a first round pick. So I don't, I don't think McCarron's going to get traded. So I mean, it's probably a moot point. But I did, I did find it interesting, kind of just in researching some of the quarterbacks that are sort of being floated as trade candidates, <clears throat> and McCarron was sort of high on that list. And I don't know, I, I hit you know his play in the fourth quarter of that playoff game, and then just his overall sort of. Um, efficiency in his other games in 2015 when he took over for Dalton late in the year I guess it probably raised a few eyebrows and like maybe this guy's not as bad as everyone thought but I still I I I personally wouldn't like endorse my team going out and doing that if they needed a quarterback going out to the eyebrows guys because if we're looking (laughs) looking at AJ McCarron it's a similar situation to what we're talking about with Cousins that 2015 Bengals team was stacked Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. They, they, the Muhammad Sanu, they, you have Marvin Jones, you have AJ green, healthy, you have Tyler Eifert, who was there for almost the entire season. You had a lion playing fantastic. Dalton right. was a top five, top four MVP candidate until he broke his thumb. Like, yeah. That team was rolling. They were number one in passing DVOA. Like, it, it, and they and had two that, good running backs too. Yes. So AJ McCarron looking okay in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. You live your life with AJ McCarron. I, that, I do not understand that whatsoever. No, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Like he was in the perfect scenario in terms of the um, complete, you know, infrastructure around him to succeed. Like it was like one of the most talented offensive skill position groups in the NFL. Great line. Like they gave up the fewest sacks, I think in the NFL that year. Right. And and so, I mean, yeah, he was perfectly set up for, for success there. And I think if you're going to ask him to carry an offense somewhere else, it's going to be completely different, <laughs> different look. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And then your next tier there, we'll talk about this a lot over the next couple of months. Just the idea of a rookie, you know, a guy you'll draft in yeah. the top five or so and what that is. And there's a couple of things that are nice about that. One is cost. And there are a couple of things that aren't nice about that. The opportunity cost of using a top three pick on a guy that could be Jonathan Allen or Miles Garrett, you know, that kind of right. thing. That's difficult to do. So I think that you're, there's two th- ways to think about it. It's one that we need a quarterback. This is a relatively cheap way in terms of money to get one. And two, we shouldn't be over anxious. You know, like the Browns last year, they traded down a bunch. The 49ers did not go get a quarterback. I think these teams said, we know we're not close enough. Let's not make that swing when we know there are other assets to get with these picks. So right. that's the decision a team is going to have to make. This, I mean, just in like the big picture, team building is so fascinating to me because like, do you prefer a situation where you're going to build a really, really strong roster and then add in a young quarterback to, and and basically have the, you know, just the players around him that, that makes his life as easy as humanly possible for a quarterback in the NFL. Obviously quarterback is like one of the hardest positions in any of sport in any sports. But I think, I mean, 
I just think of like the the Cowboys last year with Dak Prescott. Yep. Like he was put into an amazing situation. He had an amazing season, but that kind of shit doesn't happen every year because a lot of the time you're taking a, a quarterback early on and it's because your team around you sucks. And so you're asking him to carry the offense and, and it's a totally different, you know, just, just a totally different landscape. So I don't know. I, it depends on how people see it. Obviously, at some point you have to get a quarterback, and so you can't necessarily you know wait for next year all the time. But I personally like the idea of. I mean, if you if you're gonna just have a philosophy of like building up the team around you before you go out and get that guy and, and potentially ruin his confidence, you know what I mean? Like, I just that makes more sense to me. If you look at what has happened in the last couple of years. We've seen more non-first-round quarterbacks succeed in the last five years than we yep. ever had like previously combined. I mean, you look at Derek Carr, look at what Dak Prescott did, Russell Wilson. Yep. There are more and more guys that are doing this, and I don't know what the reason is. I kind of want to find out, but it's, <laughs> I don't know what the reason is, but it is happening. So I think it's much more palatable to say, fuck it. Let's take a guy in the third round. Because right. it's not you. If that doesn't work, it's easier to live with it than it is drafting guy in the first round. And it doesn't seem like. And this is probably wrong. That this is short term thinking. I'm it's recency bias. The idea that well, there's a there's an even chance the third round guy will hit. So why not take him <laughs> the third round? That's right. not true. Like there's a reason the guys at the top still work out. But I do think that we've reached a point where it's not like you have to go get one of the guys anymore. I think that is changing. Even if it's slow, mm-hmm. and even if we are a little bit clouded because of what's happened just right now. I, I think that it's not the same thinking anymore. You don't have to go get a guy in the top three. Yeah. I think it's just a really, really fascinating just overall discussion of like how the sport is going. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. I just think it's, it's, it's a, it's a big picture philosophy thing is like, do you, do you build, like you said, I mean, do you grab a guy early on that'll be like a Joey Bosa and, and be like a cornerstone defensive player for you superstar um and then hope to you know hope that you find some other guy in the second round or third round um i mean it's kind of an age old question but like with the success that they've had lately i think before russell wilson there was like only drew brees was the only guy that had ever had success outside the first round like i mean that's not true but like something like it's it's really it was really 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 rare to find anybody I mean other than like Tom Brady outside of the first round and now there's it's just they're popping up everywhere. It seems like it though, and I think it only seems like it because we never had any before. So I think that's why like mm-hmm. I have to even tell myself like pump the brakes a little bit maybe like this is <laughs> not a, not what you think it is. So that's the thing. But I, I do there are, have you're right, and that list is like Drew Brees end of list. Like, you know Dalton has had a nice <laughs> career and like Kaepernick had his moment but for the most part you just don't find guys like that and we are finding more of them so it is interesting all right but we're going to talk about that stuff again ad nauseum for the next couple months just the idea of rookies and this class and and finding value and all that kind of stuff that's going to be the conversation as we live to the draft so for now let's get into maybe something that's not as exciting but something that's a little bit more relevant as we currently stand and that's kind of these veterans that may find a spot and a job depending on you know, who wants them and that list as it currently stands. And it's the way you rank them. You have Matt Moore first, Brian Hoyer, (laughs) Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, Mike Glennon. And that's about it. So, all right. Walk me through this. Like, (laughs) tell me about Matt Moore. Why Matt Moore? Again, it's a, it's a, Hey, look, this isn't me saying these guys are amazing. I'm talking about value. 
Um, and as a bridge guy, it, he's not even QB purgatory, uh, like area. Like he would be a bridge guy only, um, for, you know, it, like say this is a team that you, that's going to draft a guy in the first round. They probably need someone to play for a year or two because a lot of these guys are very raw prospects. And so he is, I mean, like he played, honestly, he played pretty well in relief of Brian Tannehill last year. Um, he's been around the league. He, you know, he's a smart guy. I don't know. It's not like I'm like banging the table for Matt Moore or anything like that. But like, if you can get him for like a mid round pick somewhere like that, like if they're willing to part with him for that, um, I mean, it, you could do a lot worse, honestly, just in terms of if you think about some of the freaking quarterbacks that started last year, like Blaine Gabbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Osweiler. I mean, like, I think you could do a lot worse than Matt Moore, honestly, at this point. So that was kind of like what I was looking at in terms of he's not going to cost you a whole lot. He, he's, he's got some experience. He played pretty well last year. And I mean, he's a, he's a Brit. He can get you to someone, someone else. He can buy you a little bit of time and that's it. All right, here's my argument. Matt Moore. Sucks. Oh, no. See, here, <laughs> no, here's, here's the thing. And this, this makes my point even more than it would have otherwise. Looking for Matt Moore's contract, the Matt Moore on the Giants comes up first. So I clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a baseball player. So Matt Moore, eh, Matt Moore makes 2.1. He's going to make 2.2 million next year. That's doable. Mm-hmm. That's like, all right, that's fine. I was going to say, if you're going to spend a third or fourth round pick on Matt Moore, just use a third or fourth round pick on a quarterback. <laughs> like like pay the yeah, guy are they gonna grand come in, and have, are they gonna come in immediately and be able to play for you I, it doesn't matter to me i, I would rather just use that hmm. at a quarterback and say maybe this will work like rather than <laughs> than one year of matt moore for that third or fourth yeah. round pick i just wouldn't do that but oh, i think fair. that if i'm looking at guys like that if the bears were to say we're not going to go get a guy we don't like any of these guys enough to pay for them we need just somebody to tide us over I would do Hoyer for nothing for two years in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, cause he was fine last year. He was absolutely fine. And I wouldn't mind that at all. That is a fate. I'd be more than willing to deal with the fate that I would not be willing to deal with. And again, this is out of play for the bears, but what a team it thinks they might have to pay for Cutler. Cutler will play again. I, yep. He absolutely will start for somebody <laughs> at some point. I just don't, it would not be my team. I, I just, I, <laughs> You've lived that. I just, I just don't know who you, I mean, there is, I, I'm just looking at it. It's like, oh man, just the jets are calling. I mean, it's like the, it's the idea of the jets just handing him like a reasonable contract to come start for them. It'd be the most jetsy thing. Oh, for sure. I would love but, it. Uh, some team is going to do that. And I just wouldn't want to, I would much rather go out and I'd rather have Kaepernick, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, just because yeah. there's a chance. Like uh, why not take a risk on Colin Kaepernick rather than, going and giving Jay Cutler probably more money than you'd have to give Kaepernick to be oh, sure. exactly what you think he's going to be. This is the way that I looked at it because I was trying to figure out why someone would want Cutler at this point. And the only thing I could come up with other than the fact that he's experienced is that you might find some offensive coordinator who wants to be aggressive and who's very tired of playing a dink and duck play where he has to eliminate like half or more of his play sheet because this guy is too meek or unable to make throws down the field. Like we've seen that. Jay a lot. certainly isn't meek. <laughs> and that's like basically what I came up with in terms of like why someone want Cutler is because he, I mean, he, he will play in an aggressive style of offense. And I guess that's, you know, I mean, you're going to have to live with all the other shit that comes with him, like terrible turnovers and like just, you know, head scratching throws. 
but like at least in this i mean i'm not like pushing for cutler or whatever but at least he's willing to like make those throws down the field and i think some some coordinator is gonna like that and think that he can kind of like rein him in in terms of other stuff so that's what i'm that's like and and this is the this section's called someone's gonna talk themselves into it and that's exactly what it is like someone's gonna say oh we can like we can work with his with his you know black marks or whatever we can work with those problems and i feel like the exact same scenario is going on with mike glennon Uh, the idea that some team is going to do it some team is going to do it some team is going to say this is our guy i don't know you know he got beat out by josh mccown a couple years ago but this is our guy i I forgot about glennon (laughs) i I completely forgotten about him i forgot he was a person until we started having this conversation again (laughs) yeah because that's the thing like some i forgot he was a person but some team will say well we got no no better options so let's go for it is he really going to be a starter this year? That would be crazy. I'm trying to figure out who he would play for. I mean, I could see him as a backup, but I mean, you're right. I think someone is going to, you know, take a risk on it because there's just so few guys, but God, it's just hard to imagine. <laughs> and that's the, that's the point where we've reached. I'm sure someone <laughs> will, but it's just so hard to imagine the quarterback yeah. story in 2017. <laughs> All right, bud. I uh, I think that's all we got. But uh, yeah, this is fun. Right now, this is the biggest conversation. Like, this is what is dominating it at the moment because these are the players that people need, and these are the names that are the most important in this offseason. You know, there are certain bigger name free agents that are going to get a lot of money, but none of them matter more than the moves teams are going to have to make for these guys. So, I yeah. think this was a good place to start. I mean, it's yeah, it's like quarterback is kind of a defining position, and and then you go from there. So. Uh, again, it's kind of like doing these articles is, is really getting me excited about next year. I mean, it's kind of like you take a few few weeks off to like decompress, but it's like now you're starting thinking like just the the crazy shit that's going to happen again next year. It's it's a lot of fun. So yeah, a, a few, I, I a few weeks off. The this. Super Bowl was 17 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, God! And now the combine's coming up, so no. Yeah, no I'll, see, I'll see you next week. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. All right, buddy. That's all we got. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. As always, really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.